But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, boys and girls. This is the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. This is episode 90. 90 is a very big number. Uh, it is Thursday, October 5th, 2023. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto, north of the border. And Everett, I am not exaggerating at all. I am not exaggerating at all. Oh. I say that this is the craziest volleyball tournament Bar I have ever seen. Bar none. Bar none. Ever. The 2023 no. men's Olympic qualifiers are this. the craziest tournament I have ever seen. Ever. We're going to jump into all of it. Uh, it is it is good that we are doing several shows in the middle of this. We did an emergency episode on Monday. I'm, somehow, I'm, I'm really then, glad we did. Oh, I'm, totally. I'm, imagine if we hadn't done an emergency show on, on Monday and we had all of this to talk about. Like It, it would have been way too much. It, it would be like a four-hour show today. It, it would it would exactly be a four hour show. Just mind blown, mind blown. So, through the first four days of the men's Olympic qualifiers, we have had twelve significant upsets according to world ranking change. Like I, I went through and looked at all the matches, there have been twelve major major upsets, including several that have carried more than ten points of world ranking change. And then we had a bunch of close calls, like a, a lot of really, really good teams getting pushed to five and barely winning. A bunch and of, a bunch of close like calls. Brazil, really you're in the hot calls. seat. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be talking about you. Well, we certainly Jeez. are. But the only place, Everett, the only place that we can start is Germany out of absolutely nowhere. Deutschland. Germany Deutschland. on the shoulders of the ageless one, 38-year-old Jürgi Groser, who has scored 105 points in four matches they've just beaten brazil and italy in less than 24 hours and germany the sixth seed is undefeated in pool a you know what rob i watched germany for the first time this tournament against cuba and in set one they were brutal brutal bad and I was watching it, and I was like, this is just same old Germany. Sure, you bring Groger in. Sure, you bring Zanger back. But this team lacks an identity. And then, bam, just switch it up. Groger just becomes an absolute monster. Not becomes, because he's always been a monster. But, man, remember when uh, German fans were calling for Winiarski's job after VNL? Do you think they're doing the same now? <laughs> do, 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 do you think they're the same, the same calls now? Germany has been outstanding. Um, the once again... The, the way they played Italy yesterday was fantastic. They just overpowered Brazil altogether. I thought it was, maybe should have been a 3 nothing, But Germany right now is looking like one of the best teams in the world. They 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 really are. They are looking so dangerous. They they are. And like you said, that the, the Germany that we've seen most of this summer, like sleepwalk through VNL, never be competitive at all, and then not really be a factor at Eurovolley. Like they haven't really had an identity. And now, with the return of Jürgen Groser, who obviously makes all the difference in the world, and we'll talk about some of his numbers, but I actually kind of think that team does have an identity now, and I, I actually really like the style that they're playing. It's yes. pretty simple. It, they, you, yes, just, it's you, simple. Just, you just got the right personnel in there. Workman-like. Workman-like, yeah. for sure. I, you, honestly, you have, like, 
when I could picture them, I could just picture them with like yellow high vis jackets, maybe a bit of a hard hat, some yeah. some steel toe boots. That's what that's the this German team's identity right now. It's not that complicated. It is you know keep the ball alive on first contact and reception and and in defense. Set good balls to the middle because not only has Grozer had an unbelievable tournament, but Anton Brema looks like a top ten middle in the world for sure. So has Tobias Crick. And, and honestly, kind of Crick has Crick, it's, Crick, Crick it's, has been really good. It's pretty crazy to say what people. Yeah, <laughs> if I cover my mouth and it could be hearsay, but yeah, Crick has been very good. Crick has actually been really good, <laughs> shockingly enough. And so, like, set the ball to the middle. Johannes Thiel has done a really good job of that. And then, when in doubt, chuck the ball to thirty-eight-year-old Jorgi Grozer. Listen to some of these numbers. All right, uh-huh. this is this is Grozer at thirty-eight years old through four matches in five days. For a 38-year-old opposite, 105 points, 6.5 points per set, 89 kills on 412 efficiency, 8 blocks and 8 aces. And honestly, even better, in a 24-hour window that included beating Italy 3-1 Italy three to one and Brazil 3-1 to one in Brazil, less. less than 24 hours. 58 points in two matches, 7.25 points per set on 453 efficiency at age 38. Like these numbers don't even make sense. They don't make sense for a guy of any age. And Everett, I'll I'll take the L on this one. I texted you yesterday right before that Germany-Italy game saying, honestly, after that Brazil win, Germany should just play the bench here. Absolutely. I thought that Germany should have played the bench like it – even with their starters, I didn't really like their chances to beat Italy. Give Grozer a break, then he would get two days off. You could ride him to the, the last three games and still probably get an Olympic bid from that. But boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Um, German team knows what's up, right? Because wow. you have a schedule now where you have to play like what? Like Ukraine and like Qatar? Yeah, they have uh, and, and you're and, Qatar and, you're and Czech Republic. Yeah, you like the Czech the Czech has been Czech Republic has been playing very good. Czechia has been has been fantastic. Uh you know, they've they've had some tough ones. But Germany has just really set themselves up now. And Rob, what's the craziest thing to me is remember we were back in Ottawa for VNL earlier this year and Canada and Germany played and Oof. it was to be honest, a terrible game. Terrible it was game. it was it was a not fun it was a not great game to watch even worse because I'm a Canadian fan and we and we lost that now two teams who were in the relegation race and Germany would have been in the relegation race had they not been a core team two teams who were basically in the relegation race for VNL are now like in a position where they could potentially qualify for the Olympics that's ab- absolutely it's nutty but incredible. this German team. You know what? And it's funny because yesterday for the the match against Italy, they won the first set. And I was like, okay. And to me, like, Italy always seems to lose the first set. They're very, very good at going out there. And they just do recon. And then they dominated the second, right? They were all over. And I was just kind of like, okay, this German team is coming back down to earth now. Italy is starting to wake up. But then they just popped off again. They play with a very... It's it's all based off of Grozier. Like he's the point man, right? Like he is he is the sledgehammer that brings cracks into everything, because he's 
he still has the power that he once has. Like I remember watching Grocer for the first time in the like this is aging us a little bit. The 2010 World Championships, 13 yep, years that's, ago. That's how long the guy's been around. Like, he, he he has been around 38 years old, man. Like even then, he was still like that. Was like he was 25 at that point. Yeah. So, so he wasn't even like it wasn't even like he was a kid. Like he was like a, a full full on man, and he would just pound the ball, dude. But his touch now, along with like he still has the shoulder is 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 incredible and it's it's funny you know we talked to arthur schwartz uh back in west virginia at the norseka championships and he talked about man i went to monza this year i was the backup uh, opposite and i just went up to uh to grocer and was just like i want to know everything like teach me everything and he says like he's one of the one of the big reasons that arthur schwartz is probably the second best opposite so far in this tournament is because of the number one opposite in this tournament so far and in, in grocer he has been unreal, but also, I, I, you know, throughout this match, Rob, we were texting each other, and I really like the makeup of this German team. For sure. Once you back all of the pieces, once you have Roger, who's a point man who can score points, shot and Reichardt are very, very serviceable on the left side. Bringing back Julian Zenger as, as Libero just really settled their service. He was a huge hole for them throughout the, throughout the majority oh, of the summer. So terrible in reception just, and VNL and stuff. Yeah, just, just absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then you had to have shot there because Gravin was basically instilling diapers and couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, but you know what? There, it, I do question the longevity of this German team. This, I think this this has a, a, a short window, right? Oh, for sure. Maybe, it, and it really only goes until the end of the Olympics next year, if that, if that. Because at what 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 do you go what do you go to afterwards? But right now, Germany is looking absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I hope that Grozer gets to go to the Olympics. He he single handedly deserves it, and it is looking very much like right now that Germany will get there because they're four and zero, and they have to play Ukraine, the Czech Republic, and Qatar. And even like that that free win over Qatar that they're certainly going to get is that that alone might get them to the olympics because this pool is so ridiculous like you see the standings right there actually cuba right now is in second and then but then you have italy and brazil also at three and one and i thought ever we need to take a we need to take a moment to talk about brazil it's like like, so real real quick i just want to touch on cuba then we can i thought cuba's tournament was done when they lost to germany like I, I thought, I thought it was over, right? In my head, I was like, "You still have to play Italy. You still have to play Brazil. You've lost to Germany." But now, like, it's it's the the the, the, the team who's benefiting the most out of this is Cuba. I'd say. Sorry, I apologize for interrupting you. Oh, go, good. You're you're, with... you're probably right about that. Like, Cuba still does have to play Brazil and Italy. So those those three teams, like the two, three, and four on your screen right now, are still going to have to play each other, and they're gonna they're certainly going to beat each other up. I think everyone would agree that Italy is the favorite. Um, amongst those three but uh we do need to talk about brazil because we 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 talked about it on our last show on monday that they they're a problem they they are they're they're clinging on by a thread and that thread is snapping each of its individual fibers and they are looking more and more fragile last night they they went to five with ukraine who didn't even start ole plotnitsky they lost 38-36 in the first. They had to rescue it in five. Their second outside hitter position is a black hole. They can never figure out which one of the Souza brothers are going to start at opposite on a given day. Um, Lucas is like 50 years old starting in the middle. Flavio can't help himself from committing like 50 net violations a game. Like They're just not good. They're playing at home. They've beaten two inferior teams in five. And when they get to the second half of this week and they have to play 
three really good well sorry two really good teams because we'll certainly talk about iran and their problems but brazil's gonna have to play cuba and italy and i wouldn't pick them to win either of those games right now no absolutely not bro i don't even pick them to like play like cuba no cuba italy absolutely not are you kidding me they can barely beat ukraine without blotnitsky they can barely beat chechia they got dummied by Germany. Like, this is not a good Brazilian team right now. And <laughs> no, you're, it's not. You're starting, it's, it's you're, you're starting to see the cracks of it. And I've seen a lot of comments, whether it's on the Discord, whether it's on Twitter or, or whatever. But you're really seeing the, the issue of Brazil just riding this one generation for a while, right? When we think about back to the Brazil of the, of the 2000s, right? That team was so good because when a young player was good and young, they brought him up. Right, right. That's you, right. You already had Dante and Jiba, but they brought up Muriel. Right, right. You, you still had guys like Sidao and Visoto, and yet you still brought up Wallace. Um, they brought in life to to, to this roster, and recently, was ever since Renan Del Zato has taken over, it's just like let's just run with the old guys, and none of the young guys have have gotten any play ever. I think there's a, there's a massive look to it, just like the quality of athlete that this Brazilian this brazil in general is is qual is is creating it's nowhere near what what it used to be now i think that's that's mainly due to probably political and socioeconomical situations within that country but regardless they just do not have the horses they once have and it's starting to become increasingly uh, obvious and, and apparent and every other country is going out for blood every other country consensus everyone else consensus and they look across the 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 net and they're like on a gato like this, this is a vulnerable team. I, that that is like, that's really well said. Other teams it's, it's, right now, like I think we said it on the last show or maybe two shows ago. People used to be terrified of Brazil. Terrified of Brazil, Brazil used to be so scary, and now like any team that plays against them smells blood in the water. Even playing in the Maracanazinho in Rio, and there right. are a, there are a lot of Brazilian fans calling, calling for Reynaldo Del Zoto's job, and I'm starting to agree with them. Starting, bro. I was on that train eight months ago, like a while ago. <laughs> this, this is br- this is brutal. This is tough right? for you to be able to. Can you pronounce the stadium name again? Again, Maracanazinho. Yeah, Maracanazinho. There we go. Thank you. That's a ho- like that's a hollowed ground. Hundred percent. That's like like mm-hmm. I remember listening to Kevin Barnett on the net years ago talking about how intimidating it is to go in to the Maracanazinho at 10 a.m. like they have, like to play volleyball games in Brazil. <laughs> they do and have really to like play, to play the morning And have games. to play against 10,000 yellow shirts. Bro, like, I remember going to watch Brazil versus Canada in World League 27 here in Canada in Mississauga, and we sold out 5,000 people. You would have thought we were in Brazil. There was a big-ass sign in the corner, like people holding up a sign that Brazil belongs to Jesus. Do you think that's happening now? Jesus has forsaken them. He is gone. He has left the building because, man, there's no way that Brazil belongs to Jesus right now with with this this team that that, that they're pulling up. This oh is my this goodness. is this is just straight bad. And when you look at, like, I was trying to do the math real quick as as we were talking, but but you got me fired up. When you look at their plus minuses, just from um. South American championships up until now, when you look at the South American championship, plus 0.3 for beating Peru, plus point or plus one, 1.42 for beating uh, Chile, 
plus 0.5 for beating Colombia, minus 1068 for losing to Argentina. And this is their biggest. Th- this home. is their this is their biggest plus so far. It's plus two forty three, Qatar, plus point zero one for lo- beating the Czechs, minus twelve twenty three for losing to Germany. Brazil, there's no team in world volleyball right now that stock is falling as quickly as Brazil. And we've been talking about it a, about it for a while. I remember talking to the, some of the coaches from the U twenty one team at the Pan Am Cup last year, and they're worried, and rightly so. They're yeah. bad. Yeah. Rightly so. I mean, it's it, it's kind of a shame because the volleyball world is better when Brazil is really good, but they have no, they have but they have nobody to blame but themselves. That they they have compl- they have completely created this whole situation. So we'll we'll talk about some of the matches in a little bit more detail. But yeah, Brazil is not looking good. Um, the last kind of headline we need to talk about before we jump into some of the matches, we're going to skip over Pool B because, thankfully for me. Uh, it's it's actually been pretty predictable in the last couple of days. The United States hasn't given me anything to lose Boo, my mind about. Pool B is boring. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it's, you know what's not boring is Pool C. Bro. Pool C continues to be ridiculous. Canada is on the rise. And the Netherlands. I, I, you, you just said that there's no team whose stock is dropping faster than Brazil. I disagree. The Netherlands. The Netherlands stock okay, is right, dropping the right. fastest. They got three donged by both Belgium and Bulgaria in back-to-back days, and that is unimaginable for that particular team. But Canada, uh, now with three matches remaining and with three relatively beatable opponents, has put themselves in... in, 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 I'm not. I'm trying my very best not to, but uh, (laughs) Canada pushed Poland to the limit. 17-15 in the fifth. And and, and in a good way. In a way that, like... In a way that it probably won't happen again because Poland won't let it happen again, right? This wasn't necessarily a Poland really, like, not being there. Like, Canada brought it. Like, we brought it to them. And, I mean, I kind of think we should have won, too, right? Just, there's, like, there's moments in that fifth set that we let, that, like, we let get away from us. Um, But ultimately, I think what this loss shows for Team Canada is that this isn't really a fluke, right? Everything that's been happening ha- hasn't really been a fluke. It's been more a culmination of, of things coming together. I think one of the biggest factors is Eric Lepke coming back. There's, there's no doubt about it. He has been the top scoring Canadian uh, throughout, throughout this, this, this tournament. Uh, oh, no, wait, sorry. Second, second. No. Yeah. Second top scoring um, Canadian Mar Mars leading the way. Um, but yeah, this 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 loss against Poland shows that because it was a, it was a good loss. It shows that yeah. we are for real, and I love that. But that being said, like there is, the standings are so close in this pool, anything can happen. Belgium is is is, is an absolute weapon of a team. Fair Riegers is is the truth, as you've been calling him. Um, he is the second highest scoring tournament uh, player in his tournament. Rob, the kid is really good. He's really good. 80, 83 points. A- 83 points. And then Sam Daru um, is right behind him with 78. So those are so those are some really, really good numbers by uh, by both of those players. And those two players worry the crap out of me. They they really do. They they really have me worried. I won't lie. Uh, that's that's fair. Yeah, Belgium has been a real pleasant surprise this tournament. They I don't even think they made it out of pools at Eurovolley. 
and yeah. they've completely turned it around. I have no idea how that happened, but uh, we all, I think we also have to talk about the Netherlands a little bit because they right. are they're a Piazza. mess. Piazza, Piazza, figure it out. Oh wait, I before we talk about the Netherlands, you 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 mentioned the the rise of Eric Lepke, and we talked about it on Monday. The three letters EFL. The man is hitting 521 efficiency on the tournament. 521 efficiency on the tournament, 3.8 points per set, which is a good number for an outside hitter, but 521 efficiency through four matches on the tournament against great teams. Now, yeah. Canada did three dong China and Lepke went like 17 for 22 or something completely insane. So, yeah, um, seven, 17 for 22 is exactly, so that, exactly so what that against China. certainly helped. But like e- even against the really good teams, Netherlands, Argentina, Poland, Eric Lepke has been absolutely spectacular. And the way right. he's been doing it, like the 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 difficult balls that he's finding a way to kill. There was man, there was one. I think it was in the Poland game where he dug a ball and like in the middle of the court position three had literally no approach jumped straight up and ripped it cross court to the, like the position four sideline. Like he's hitting shots that, that don't even make sense. And it it, it must be, must be, it's nice to watch for me. It must be even better to watch for a Canadian. Bro. It's so much fun watching this because now the rest of the world is getting to see just how damn good Eric Lepke is. He's amazing. And he, and I mean, I won't lie. There was a moment in time there after last year's DNL, after last year's world championship, before the season started getting going, where I was worried for Eric Lepke, right? The way he played in that match last year in the world championships against Italy, when he had to get subbed out and pulled off. And I was like, dude, we just may see one of our best players who ever played U sports ever, ever to come out of Canada be a bust. And he's turned things around immensely. And the way he's doing it, the left, the 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 lepke lefty has, oh, has yeah. come out to play. We've seen that the the swing on the right, tip tip over on the left has has been beautiful. But he's just playing his game. And I think for so long there was so many of these comparisons between TJ DeFalco and Eric Lepke coming up pretty much at the same time, both for you know the the best institutions and. I think there was a while there where, you know, DeValco really, like, really skyrocketed away. And I think Lepke is starting to come back right now. And I think Lepke, and there's there's no there's no competition between, between the two. I'm not, you know, we, we don't need any Swifties out here going team, you know, <laughs> team Eric or, or team TJ. We love both, okay? Jeez. I think we kind of do need um, that. I, I, think, I think we might need to fuel that fire a little bit. That might be fun. Hey, no. no I, we are not fueling that fire. Other people around us, because we are fueling that fire. But just to see him have this success and to have the impact that I know he could have, and I've, I've always like I've always known he could have, is just phenomenal. And, I, and I, I couldn't be happier. He has really made a difference on this team. And it's really invigorated guys like Stephen Marr. Um, totally. It, it it really really has. I have a question for you, Rob. Before we jump in jump into the Netherlands, what is more impressive so far? Is it Germany or is it Canada? I'm asking you first, and I'll give you I'll give you my biased answer afterwards. <laughs> more more impressive. Uh, I mean, it has to be Germany. They just the the teams that they've beaten and how like. To beat Brazil in Brazil, even though this this Brazilian team isn't as good, but that Italy win less than twenty four hours later, 
And like somebody said in the chat earlier that not only are Grozer's numbers like absolutely off the charts, but like just when you watch the guy, he is demolishing the ball. He's dialed in. He he's, is he's he's dialed in. He is punishing the ball. He he hit a ball on the left side yesterday against Italy, like inside two blockers, just like to like 12 feet straight cross court, straight down. I, I swore the ball was going to explode on contact. And then he just lands and just like he just flexes and like mean mugs everyone on his team. Like he is such a monster. And Canada is playing more. I was, I think that Canada is playing more complete volleyball than Germany is, but the, it, this is the, the most single-handedly dominant opposite performance we've seen in the men's game in like a decade. This just doesn't really happen on the, on the men's side anymore. Like no, the way not, it does not, on the women's not anymore. Like except for maybe Namir when he can catch fire and 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 drop thirty and and carry teams to like some of his Dutch teams to 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 win single handedly, but like we don't see this that much on the men's side, especially not from a guy who's thirty eight, from a team who has been invisible all summer to yeah. beat two really good opponents in less than twenty four hours. Like that just blows my mind. I can't say enough about how stunning that this this week from Germany has been. So that. That really has been the biggest storyline, but that's not to diminish anything that Canada has been doing because Canada's turnaround has been just as ridiculous, and they're doing it in such a complete way. I think that all the credit in the world needs to go to Tomas Semelvo and to Luke Her. They, Luker. those two guys, Luker. and really Semelvo for having the confidence in Luke Her and for really gambling on him and having that gamble completely but, but to him it wasn't a gamble not at all he, right he's he he when, when you're some some LVO and you come into team canada's gym and you look at the roster uh where some of our guys are playing it's a watch right like like app was at set um blankino was at talking um <clears throat> walsh was at was at pauk None of those guys are setting for like exceptionally good programs. And then Luke Kerr was also in was also in Greece this this past year and for for Crete too. So like on paper they're all pros, like they're they're all playing. And he just comes in and there's he has no notion of like the depth chart of like what's happening in U sports ball and in in any of that. But going back to going back to my my question here, Rob, I do think that. In Germany's case, you're you're getting better through addition. You're adding guys like Grozier. You're adding guys like uh, Zenger. You know, you're adding key pieces to the to the roster. You're, you're getting guys like you're you're getting shot back from injury, things like that. Canada lost their top scorer from Nations League, one of their top scorers from Nations League, in Ryan Slater leading into this tournament. Right, like that that is it. That is a huge blow. Um, I don't think it is. I I, I, I mean, think... ultimately, ultimately not. But on, on paper, like coming into it, you're telling me you're 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 losing one of our like we were losing one of our top scores. Like, how is that on paper? Like, not. I think, I think I think I fully agree with you that Arthur Schwartz needs like we, we've talked about it for a while now. We've talked about it since Ottawa that hey, let's, let's just hey that's that's in the stable. Like, that's why it's like, a good thing. So I I know that you love Canada. I know they have been impressive, and I agree with the point that they are. They have just gotten better with the guys that they already had. But losing Ryan Slater and now having Arthur Schwartz be the guy is a good thing. A hundred percent. It's not Absol debatable. Absolutely. I mean, when but when you look at it, like if you look through this, like who's 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 a better team, Poland or Italy? Poland for sure. Pol but you didn't Poland. win. 
you lost, unfortunately. Barely, barely, barely. That's that's the that's that's the only difference. Germany there. won in um, four. They got full points. They got three points. Yeah. You got one. Like that. That's I don't. I thought to be honest, I thought that game was going to go to five. Well, Actually, it, no. honestly, it kind of should have. Like, I mean, Germany was up like twenty-two to fifteen, and thought that the, like they already had the champagne bottles popped, and then all of a sudden, Italy made a huge comeback. But yeah, uh, all, yes, all Can- I'm is that- yes, Canada looks very good, and you have a lot to be proud of. But uh, we, before we jump into some of the matches, we have to talk about the Netherlands. We have to talk yes. about how bad this team has been. They have lost twenty-five world ranking points in the last two days. That is unthinkable. I think the two single biggest upsets in terms of world ranking magnitude have been the Netherlands getting swept by Belgium, their direct neighbor and huge rival, and then getting swept by Bulgaria with a 16-year-old setter. What are we doing? And Namir Abdelaziz in those two games has been bad. Straight up bad. He's made uh, against Belgium, 14 points, 12 for 25 attacking, eight errors, 160 efficiency. Against Bulgaria, 16 points, 13 for 33 attacking, eight errors, 152 efficiency. And he's served like trash, and he is his body language is not good. And this, it, it, you kind of have to put a lot of the blame on the Netherlands being bad on Namir. Just because when if he's going to be the guy that you praise when when the Netherlands wins, which he is usually for good reason, then you have then he has to be the first guy that you look to when the Netherlands loses. I th- I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I also need to, like you also need to start looking at Piazza too, in in my opinion, and just like how many different left sides has this team used. Right, and there's there's just no cons- no consistency. Um, you Vanguard and Twinstra, uh, and Yorna, and I, I, we've, Yorna. We've, we've seen Terhorst, and he is just the worst. One one of my yeah. least favorite players ever. So I'm I'm always annoyed when he gets subbed in. But I don't think that's it. I think that this is completely on Namir, and I and I, I'm not saying it's not completely on Namir's production, even though um, Namir's production has not been good in those two matches that they lost. It's Namir being who he is, Namir being such an alpha and demanding every ball. And I I, I think that there's a part of Namir that even when his teammates score points, he's still a little bit upset deep down inside that he didn't get that ball. Namir wants every ball. Namir wants to start every game. I mean, we've seen Wouter Termat come in on the left side in both of those last two matches in desperation mode, and he's looked like trash because he's not a left side. He's an outstanding opposite when he's given the reins. If it is Namir who actually calls the shots on this team, it's not Piazza because if it was Piazza, then if Piazza had the balls to actually sit Namir, to fully say, like, Namir, you are going to sit this entire match for the good of this team and for the good of this tournament, you are going to take a match off. Valter Termat is going to start at opposite. This is his game. If Piazza had the ability to do that, I think the Netherlands would be better off, but he does not have the ability to do that because it is Namir that calls the shots on this team. This is Namir's team. He is an alpha. He is the guy. And they're going to ride or die with him. He is going to demand that Vessel Kiemink set him the ball every time after point 20. And right now it is costing the Netherlands. Namir is 
he is hurting his team right now, not because of his production, although that's been, had not been good. It's because of the role that he insists that he play on this team and the role that he imparts on this team for better or for worse. And it is Namir, not Piazza, that calls the shots on this team. That's that's my take. It's, it's pretty hard to disagree with that. You're you're, you're not gonna lie. And like I, maybe I just think higher of Namir than that. And it's it's so weird because when we we talked to the Netherlands in Ottawa week one, they were having a good week one, and they we did? saw fantastic. Like like Matt, Martin Van Garderen had more points in week like in one match than he's had so far. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but it seems like it. Um, the fact that they have a guy like Walter Termat on the bench, who is a Bonafida Everett, um, <laughs> who is a, like who is a legitimate scorer. He is an elite level scorer in this game in the world. We have seen it. There is a reason that Zerat Bank beat. Hulk Bank in the finals. Yeah, Termat um, of, beat Namir head to head in the Turkish. Termat has beaten Namir head to head. Yeah, and yet many he times. has never. He, like I cannot think of one time he has ever been the guy for the Netherlands. Never, just because he's never he's never been put in, put in that spot. Never ever once, which is which is an issue, which absolutely is an issue. You're you're right, um, but we are seeing like, I, and I mean. I think what I'm going to say here is going to lead into another conversation, Rob, but the Netherlands now, I don't think they have any shot of qualifying here no. because they have dropped down from 10th to 13th. So not only, not only are they moving out of that range to get those five spots extra, but because of teams like Canada and Germany who are not in the top 10 who might be grabbing these Olympic spots, that those five spots become way 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 different way 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 different and so those teams at the cusp like the cubas are maybe going to be sitting on, on the outside looking in because of teams like canada and germany right now who are really changing things up but these past two games has settled um the fate for the netherlands in in this tournament and they are not going to the olympics next right, year like so their olympic dream is done certainly certainly in this tournament their olympic dream is 100 percent dead i mean they have three losses they have absolutely no chance but, but uh, in, in the bigger picture their world ranking now down to 13 it now between 14 and 10 is separated by 15 points so yes. the if if the netherlands can figure it out next summer's vnl i would say their olympic dream is not dead but, but I don't think ten is going to get you into the Olympics now. I think it. I think it would. I, I think ten would, and uh, even Serbia at nine, uh, they they they've got like a thirty point cushion. But the Netherlands aren't dead. They're but they're dying. They they are dying. They are. They have really put themselves in a bad position. And this week, it's not going to get any easier for them because they're they're about to play Poland and Argentina. And they're probably going to going to lose even more points to those two teams. Now they'll they'll get a free win versus China, but they're they're gonna they're gonna continue to drop. And honestly, they would be lower than thirteen if it weren't for another team who's also been struggling mightily. Iran. They're about to get even worse. They're about to get even worse too, Rob. Iran is dropping at a rate similar to to the Netherlands. Iran is at fourteen. They are dropping off a cliff, and they have been so bad this week. That Beirut's Atai has resigned as the head coach of Iran 
in the middle of the tournament. Never heard of this. This is nuts. This is crazy. <laughs> middle of the tournament. We, You know who we need? We need to call up Key Michael right now. Because if there's anyone who knows what's going on with Iran, <laughs> it's 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 Key Mike. I heard her nice give you a nice little shout out uh, on her broadcast the she other did, yesterday yeah. too in, in the Netherlands match. She, yeah, she's um, in China. She's not in Brazil, which is where no. Iran is. Unfortunately, too bad because uh, we we know how the Iranian fans love her. Have you ever heard of anything Never. like this? Never. Never. Not not once. Right, it's it's sad. Even too. even when like Cuba's players voted to get Vives off the team in the middle of of Nations League, <laughs> they wouldn't even do that. Like month, yeah, they wouldn't even do that. And he has, and it's... they have three days left in the entire summer. Like to just 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 like tell tell the guys like yeah, that this this is it for me. I'm gonna be here these three more days. <laughs> do whatever you want, and then we'll go home, and then I'll step away. He couldn't even do that. Bro, he rage quit. He rage quit. Thirty one <laughs> yeah. in the chat just yeah. said he rage quit. He actually <laughs> rage quit. I've I never... I want to know where is his outbound <laughs> flight. Like, is he flying back to Tehran or is he just in the country? Go just go to like just yeah. fly, just go to Fiji or something. Fl- yeah, like, fly just... to New Zealand and hang out for a couple for yeah. a couple weeks. And Guatemala, I heard it's really cheap there. It's it's oh, real my nice. Goodness, like. Um, and it's sad, too, because the golden generation of Iran, when Marouf was setting that team, was one of my very favorite teams to watch in the world. They were an absolute treat. They went to the Olympics. Uh, I think twice they went to the Olympics, but definitely in Tokyo. And I'm pretty sure they were there in Rio as well. And yeah, they definitely were in Rio as well. That like Iranian volleyball was was in position to be a mainstay because their youth pipeline has been so good. But they're, their youth pipeline is still good. They're it is still, still winning. Good. They're right. still winning tournaments, and they're still creating guys. There's just issues with the national team right now. Right? Does so, Iran need Piazza? Oh my god! Uh, I can only imagine Piazza on the sidelines with that team. But like, it's it's been sad to see Iran the last two years. Like, they were okay in Paris. Now, in the, sorry, not in Paris, in Tokyo, they beat Poland. They upset Poland, but then they ended up not making it out of pools because I think they lost to Japan late. Um, and, and and ended up finishing fifth. But since then, they're, the way that they've organized the transition from their very good youth teams to the senior team, it's been a disaster. It's been a disaster. This year at VNL, I mean, they made the playoffs at VNL last year because Amin came out of nowhere and was really good. He's completely dropped off a cliff. They don't have a setter. They don't really have outside hitters. They don't have middles. They don't really have anybody. They And they and the, the more so than they don't have any players is they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan right now. And now they don't have even more of a plan because the guy that they thought was going to be the engineer of the transition has just rage quit the team in the middle of an Olympic qualifier. And this is a dude who has been like, I'm looking through his volley box right now. Like he, like he has, he is Iranian volleyball through and through. He started playing in the leagues in 88 in 2009. He started being uh, an assistant coach um for for the national team he has coached u17 teams he led the u21 program from 2016 to 2021 in that big youth movement of when they were winning winning things and then took over the, this roster in 2021 like this is a dude like this isn't this isn't a dude who was just brought into like like this isn't a diva a, a diva hire who's being like oh, oh no good definitely like, not. this is this is a dude 
who like this like to me this would be the equivalent of like if dan lewis was coaching this team yeah and left in the middle of the tournament yeah this, this is a dude who has his boots on the ground who probably has mud up to his neck in things he has has seen and done for Iranian volleyball. So for him to leave in the middle of this is absolutely bonkers. And I wish if some, there's someone out there who's an insider, or what, like give us the tea, give us the tea. Let's have some crumpets, have a nice little tea time because I want to hear it. Cause you know, you know, it's spicy, you know, it's good. Yeah, if anybody knows anything going on inside this Iranian program, please let us know because I, I've never ever seen anything like a, a coach resigning in the middle of a tournament. So mid tournament, he's got three games left. Absolutely ridiculous. So let's let's talk about some of these matches. Let's dive in here. Uh, I mean, we can quickly talk about Iran losing to the Czech Republic. This ended up being the final straw for Coach Atayi. This was their last game before he walked away i mean iran beat qatar on day three obviously and then they lost the czech republic uh i mean there's nothing really to talk about about any of this statistically but if you're if you're iran and you're and you've been to two straight olympics then all of a sudden you're like not really putting up a fight at all against the czech republic i mean you lost 17 22 the first two sets and like like that that's that that's kind of it then you you're obviously a non-factor in the olympic picture in this pool, you have no chance. In the world rankings, you have no chance. You're you're getting like convincingly beaten by the Czech Republic. That is just it's just really, really a disappointing fall from where they've been the last few years. Yeah, it it's sad. It is. It sad. really is. It's it's the the volleyball world was better when Iran was good because they brought a style that was similar like it was similar to argentina and it makes it makes yeah. more sense because velasco but velasco was their guy to come in and and really turn them around and, and they had a setter the and they had a setter and, and, of that caliber and they had a setter in that of that caliber in in maruf right they were similar to argentina they just brought a different fire and a passion to it i always loved watching iran and I still think I'm going to. Like, I, I still think that this is a team that's going to be able to figure it out. And this, this is a program that's going to be able to figure it out because of what we've seen from the, them and the talent they've been creating on the youth level. But and something, something is happening right now. There, there's issues in that locker room. No one knows what's going on because they're all just fighting in Farsi on the sidelines. It's tough. Uh, it, it is. It is tough to watch. And when you're getting, when you're losing to Jan Hadrava, you've really, really got to look yourself in the mirror real closely. One day you're going to meet Hadrava, and it, <laughs> and I, I look forward to that day. I, I, I look forward to that. Day. I hear Hadrava is a great guy. I have nothing against the guy. I just don't like the player. Uh, all right, let's talk about these two Germany games because these 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 have been two of the craziest matches I've seen all summer. So. Germany goes into Brazil. They beat Brazil in Rio. They lose the first set. They respond by honestly kind of destroying them. 25-19, 25-19, then 28-26 in the fourth. Why does Brazil keep rolling out this Adriano kid, an outside hitter? He is Who else they got? Bergman? Complete waste of space. Onorato is is at least like a a good receiver and usually makes good choices. Adriano is out here getting housed by a six-foot-nothing guy in Johannes Tila. And then going straight back to the bench, who he's like, he's a full foot taller than. Like, I, I don't want to see that guy get subbed in anymore. Figure out which Souza brother you're going to play. Somehow, Coach Flavio not not to touch the net 15 times a game, Gross. and then just how do you Gross. stop Groser? How do you stop what? this man? Does does Flavio touch the ball, touch the net as much for Perugia as he does? Like, it was like 
there was like six or seven in the the uh the it's insane how many net violations you commit exhibition match it's fine nope you know does it too nope (laughs) world olympic qualifiers does it too just complete disregard for the net completely and utterly I don't understand how it's possible to be an Olympic level middle blocker and commit that many net violations. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I mean, I mean you know I've... how I feel about net violations. Worst call in volleyball. But I digress. <laughs> so Grozer in this one, uh, unbelievable at age 38, 27 points, 22 for 43 attacking, 40% efficiency, two blocks, and three aces. He is missing a lot of serves, but that's okay. He's your green light guy. You've got to let him go after it. You gotta let him go after it all day. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. If he's gonna bang balls like this, you can miss as many serves as you want. A hundred percent. And and I agree with MA in the chat. It should have been three zero because the the officiating in the first set was a problem. It was a problem. There were two horrific calls that went that both went Brazil's way that uh if 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 you're like me and you're a big NFL football fan and you watch a team like the the Kansas City Chiefs the other night on Sunday night get some overwhelmingly favorable calls that didn't make sense and only uh Taylor Swift, baby. You can't you, you cannot you cannot fight you, against that. You could argue okay. you could argue that because the Chiefs have now have Taylor Swift on their side and they're the reigning Super Bowl champions that really? they get that they get calls that other teams don't. You could you could argue the same thing for Brazil here because the officiating in the first set at home in Brazil was a problem. And Germany was able to withstand that and they came back and won the match in four for full points. Two things here. First and foremost I think the officiating in this tournament has been really bad. There has been a lot of terrible calls. There was one the other day in the was it the Cuba Germany match where Cuba's players like reached over and blocked. Oh, the set. that was terrible. And, and it wasn't was like that. a full meter like, over the net. It was a full and nothing and nothing was called as well. But Awful. also, real talk though, Max Holt is one of is like basically one of the few single guys on Team USA. Can we not get him slotted in with Taylor Swift? He plays guitar. <laughs> he he's a thoughtful man. He's tall. He's blonde. He's beautiful. Like if if Taylor Swift is out there on the market for athletes, we need to get her to volleyball. And Max Holt, I think, is is the guy to do it. He did he did say that he was single in your interview with him uh, earlier this he did. year. He did. Um, I'm just saying, hey Taylor, he's tall. He can play guitar. He lives in Italy. Or wait, no, doesn't anymore. He's technically lives in China. Why not? Why not? Right? I like you know? it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Imagine imagine how much publicity volleyball would get if Taylor Swift. Imagine if Taylor Swift had shown up to West Virginia. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. You Sorry. can't even but yeah, the, the refing in this tournament has been brutal. And I honestly, truly think when we were in Ottawa, Rob, for VNL, we found out that the, the in-out system that the referee sees and the in-out system that we, the viewers, is, is two different things. Right. I think I think there's issues with that. There is balls that have looked in that have been called. But there's been balls that have called out that have looked in. Something needs to be done because yeah. things have been bad. Yeah, it's been bad. The there and then when it's kind of even the same thing as v, as early VNL when like in Ottawa it was an absolute nightmare when a challenge would be called. It would take a good ten minutes to even get the right replay up on the screen and make a decision from well, it. That, like, that was Two Jacks' fault. We know. We know. Of that. course, it was Two Jacks' fault, one hundred percent. But like, e- even now at Olympic qualifier time, it's been the same system. They have had a chance to figure it out, and they still can't. They still can't show the right replays. It's still very awkward, and it, it disrupts the flow of a game when a challenge is called. So that sucks. But I mean, we already talked about Germany for the most part, like, yeah. and we already talked about Brazil for the most part. But yeah. now we we should talk about some of the statistics from Germany versus Italy. I cannot 
overstate how insane it is for a 38-year-old less than 24 hours after carrying a team to beating Brazil to play even better against Italy. 31 points. 27 for 43 43 at 51% efficiency. Like It doesn't make sense for Grozer to do this. It it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. 31 points. Like, what is it? Like 58 points in 24 hours? What are we talking about? Like that, that's that's absolutely astonishing. And and to to be Italy and to be Italy, who's I still think the best blocking team in the world, and to just not have an answer for this guy. I don't even know what to say. Like they see him all year. They 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 play against Grozer and Monza all year long, and they just cannot stop the guy. I think Rozier is one of those monsters and one of those animals. And we've this has been the Grozier show. You're welcome. You're welcome, Georgie. You're welcome. Um, he's just one of those animals that can just up it to another level. Like, do you think he's going to be serviceable at all for Izmir for Arcus this year? Absolutely not. He <laughs> just gave matter. a year's. He just gave a year's worth of of quality to this one tournament. And you know what? He doesn't care. I do just think that. Right now, the way Germany is playing is like a sledgehammer. And that's the best way to beat Italy, right? They are a tough nut to crack, and you need to beat them with a sledgehammer. And, and that's, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the way they do it. And I mean, the numbers around him aren't terrible. Brema with, with 12. I think Brema really is. We had something right in the, the chat here that Brema is a top 10 medal. There's no doubt about it. I agree. This yeah, dude, this really dude, good. This, this dude has been outstanding. They're also passing really well. Like Reichardt has been unreal. 65% positive, 39% perfect, 41 and 28 uh, for Zenger. Uh, I don't know why they're not going. I guess Shot is a, is a pretty good passer as well, but they're going after Zenger the most. Um, and I think that's just how much, how much of the court he's taking. Yeah. And Zenger but, is a better defender than he is a receiver, but I yes. agree giving Reichardt a ton of credit. Like 65 and 39 are excellent passing numbers yeah for sure so it's just it, i think it's tough for a team like like italy like poland like these big teams that are solidly in like the top six to really get up for these games because that's, just, that's a great point italy is going the, to qualify obviously italy's going to qualify brazil's going to qualify argentina's going to qualify poland's going to qualify that's why this tournament has been so crazy rob because there's teams like germany like canada who See this and be like, this is our only opportunity. This is it. Yeah. This this is it right now. And then you've got all these big teams who, in the back of their head, they're like, I don't care. I'm already going. I'm I'm gonna be there anyways. Right? Right? Why would I why would I go hard for seven matches in nine days when have on the doorstep of a close season that everyone knows is just getting longer and harder? Why am I gonna go hard when I know at the end of the day I could lose every single match? Okay, maybe not, because then you would lose probably enough ranking points like if you lose in the Qatar then then you're probably dropping like 20 uh, points but I could lose most of these matches and still go to the show so right yeah so yeah the, exactly the Italy's the Poland's I mean those two teams also did play much much longer into Euro volley than a team like Germany did so sure like people in the chat are saying yeah the 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 best teams are the most tired because they've played the most this summer. This has been an extremely long summer. There is too much volleyball. Obviously, we're very, we've been very clear on that issue in the past, and it's not, 
certainly not getting any easier for the players who we fully support and how much volleyball they have to play. But I, I agree. A team like a, like teams like Germany and Canada that know that this is their only chance, probably their only chance to go to the Olympics. That's why we're seeing the results that we're seeing because they there is a, a different mental approach to these games than there is for the teams that exactly like you said in the back of their head they they know that there's a security blanket there that a team like Germany 100%. and Canada just doesn't have. Hundred percent, right? And that's why we've seen so much fun stuff. Like I oh, yeah. absolutely love it. It's been just it's been it. just wonderful for fans to watch th- th- this week. It's been more fun than I've had watching volleyball in years. Last match to like, talk about in Pool A is I mean this this could have been another absolutely like seismic level upset. 38-36 in the first Ukraine over Brazil. Brazil doesn't end up prevailing in 5, but Ole Plotnitsky barely even played in this game. He came off the bench to serve and pass a little bit and um, had two aces because he's a monster. But who out of absolutely nowhere, who is Timofey Polion? Polion, no excuse me. Uh, one of their backup outside hitters, 18 for 25 at 68% efficiency out of the clouds? What is that? The efficiency for in, the, in this one for me is is like, obviously I didn't watch it. I was at, I was at work last night. Uh, 42% efficiency for Ukraine in this one. 39. That's amazing. For Brazil. As, without as, their as, best as, player. Without without their best player, it really like when you look at this Ukrainian roster, and who's uh, why am I blanking on his name? Who's that monster middle who plays in Poland? Who I oh, absolutely Yuri, love, Yuri Glotter. Glotter, yeah. man. If you had Glotter on this team too, like that dude's an emotional monster. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, if you have Pashitsky as well, who played in Zaxa last year, he was born in Ukraine. Um, this, yeah, I mean, I like Ukraine. I also really like the way that they're kind of attacking their program right now because they, I mean, they lost in Challenger Cup to Turkey earlier this year, and I actually think that, that was kind of a good thing. I think they're still they're still another year or two away from being a VNL team, but they are right on the doorstep, and they're putting themselves in positions to beat really good teams in the turn in the big tournaments that they do play. And it's, it's a team you got to watch out for, especially because now they've got a team. They've got Barcom Lviv playing in the plus Liga, which is really cool. So they've, they've got a, a nice pipeline for some of you, some Ukrainian born players to play in one of the best leagues in the world. So I do like Ukraine a lot. I love Plotnitsky, even though he didn't play in this game, but like Brazil, come on, man, if you're playing against Ukraine at home and Ukraine is choosing not to play their best player, you need to be the Brazil of old, find that killer instinct, and step on their throats. And they have just been completely unable to do that. They're, they just can't figure out who to play. They can't figure out where their production is going to come from. Their, their outside hitter position outside of Lucarelli is a complete problem. They are floundering. They are Luke, uh, Flavio is swimming in the net, and they just can't figure it out. Uh, hypothetical Brazil's outside gets injured. Lucas Bergman or Julia Bergman? It's obviously Julia Bergman. It's not even close. What Julia. kind of a question is that? On a men's height. Men's sure. height. I'd still pick Julia. I would too. I watched little Bergman do funny things last summer. I almost wish, like, there's a few funny errors from him at the Pan Am Cup that were truly just like, what is going on right now? Uh, Flavio did have seven blocks in this game, so I got to give him credit for that. That's a big number. Yeah, but how many times he touched the net? Probably about the same number. I want uh, yeah. blocking efficiency numbers from Flavio out here. Also, this <laughs> is this number real? Is this a real number, or is this a mistake? Did Ukraine really miss 32 serves? 
Mm, that looks real to me. Oh my goodness. That might be the most I've ever seen. Brazil 30, only missing 32. 32 serves. That might be the most service errors I've ever seen in my life. So that that's that's rough. And uh if Ukraine, if you I mean they, they did play basically six sets worth of volleyball with that that overtime in the first, but still like 32 service errors is completely unacceptable. So uh that's group A. This is insane. Let's let's talk about what's coming up in Group A. Cuba, Italy, and Brazil are going to play each other, along with Ukraine. So, so those top four seeded teams are all going to play each other these next couple of days. Germany has a golden path laid out in front of them. They already have the match advantage being undefeated, and they have an easier road the rest of the way. They have Czech Republic, uh, sorry, Czech Republic, Ukraine, and Qatar. It's it's Cuba, Italy, Brazil, and Iran that are all going to play each other. That's my mistake. And you got to think that Iran with their coach having just walked away in the middle of a tournament, you've got to think they're going to go 0-3. So, yeah. unless, unless you do see this sometimes, when a coach leaves and if he's the problem, like if he's one of the problems in the room, then he leaves and like maybe maybe they go off. That's no? true, but I, I don't see him being the problem. I see like him being just like... Fed up. Yeah, fed up and, and an unfortunate casualty of a bad situation. Uh, so, yeah, we get like... Brazil Cuba Friday, which is going to be awesome. We get Italy Cuba Saturday, and then we get Brazil Italy Sunday. Like those are going to be absolute must see games. Who does Cuba finish it off against? Iran. Cuba has Iran. the easiest match last. Okay, but wow. like you got to you you would have to think that Cuba Italy and Brazil will all beat Iran, and then yeah, it comes, at this it, point, yes, it comes down to it's basically a three team round robin. Which of those teams can go two and zero and get the last Olympic bid? I. I mean, it, it, I have to pick Italy, and I would, I would think that now Brazil is going to miss out. But like you said, Brazil and Italy both have the best chance to just fall back on their world ranking next year, and Cuba has probably the most motivation to play the rest of this week. So I don't know how this is going to go. If, as I've said, I think Cuba is going to beat Brazil. Okay, I think that's I, that's going to happen. No, I think the big, the interesting one for me in this pool is Cuba versus Italy. Because I've, as I said earlier in the show, Rob, you need to be a nutcracker to be able to crack the shell of Italy. Brute if force. there's one, if if there's one team that can apply brute force and can really get themselves up in a one match scenario, Cuba. in a one match scenario, it's it's Cuba. Do they yep. have Brazil or Italy first? Cuba has Brazil first. Great, perfect, perfect. Because if they can get up. They can get up emotionally against Brazil. We've seen it this summer. Oh, definitely. Right? They, At they home, beat them this summer. They, and then they know, they know too, if they beat Brazil, all they have to do is beat Italy. And I think that is a winnable match for them. Not only does the majority of your team play in Italy, and there's a high level of familiarity between your players and, and their players, but they are a team that once they get onto the baseline, if Herrera and Lopez and Yant and Concepcion sometimes with the serve, and I love I love watching Concepcion. Dude's such a homie. He's but awesome. Like, I love when he's happy. Just just love it. Yep, uh, he's too. grown for me so much over the years. But if that team can start pinning balls from the baseline and playing the game that we the type of game we know that we can play, that is a 50-50 game. I think it it really could be, especially with the way that Italy's playing right now. So I think so that, that those I think that those three teams are going to beat each other in a triangle. I think that Cuba is going to beat Brazil. Italy is going to beat Cuba, and Brazil is going to beat Italy in the last day. That's what I think. I, 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 
I, I think, don't see it. I think that I Cuba. I think that Cuba is going to beat Brazil because it's it's going to be similar to what we saw earlier this summer. That Cuba has the confidence. Brazil is on their heels. I think that Italy will beat Cuba because Italy will have like twenty five stuff blocks. I think Italy's block against Cuba is is going to be a, a huge advantage for them. And then I think Brazil versus Italy on the last day will just be a. Uh, It'll be a Brazilian home crowd game. It'll be a Brazil with like every game's been a Brazilian well, home crowd well, game. Right, it hasn't right, right. No, no, it hasn't. But Brazil like will there there will be a mindset change for Brazil going into that last match, I think, and they're gonna somehow figure it out and, and pull out a win against Italy. So after that, I have no idea how the tiebreakers would go. But this is gonna come down to the wire. Obviously, like and then I think that Germany is gonna go undefeated at this point. I honestly yeah. do. They're gonna put Lucas Massa on the right side and still win. I think that they should, they honestly should against Qatar. Yeah, like should. either yeah. Pamasa or Karwitzek on the right against yeah. Qatar. Like get let let Grozer beat Czechia and Ukraine. You you, you need yeah, him to win those two games. Qatar is a free one. And like Germany's going to be those are those are two tough games. Two definitely. Tough games. Yeah, two this real tough games. This pool from one games. through seven is really really good, yeah. really good. And I mean, neither of those teams would it's like neither of those teams are out of like the consideration like they're not going to qualify right but points would matter massively for them yes and they would. Was, it would be a big jump jump of points for both and now that germany is all the way up to 10th like you have ukraine in 16th and czechia in 21st in the world like with germany's world ranking increasing so would the points hypothetically if you were to beat them so yeah definitely a lot to play for 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 czechia and ukraine but like germany's in they're in they're going to the olympics i'm i'm willing to call it right now it's it's unbelievable. I, I would have never would have never thought that at, at the beginning of this. I'm much more willing to call it for Germany than for Canada. I agree. So uh, I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and call it for Germany. They're in. But uh, yeah, I think that Cuba, Italy, and Brazil will beat each other in a triangle. Like I said, so we'll see. All right. Is there anything else about Pool A, or can we? You want to take a quick break before we jump into Pool B? Yeah. Let's just let's just take take a quick break. We'll dip our toes into Pool B because Pool B is boring. Agreed. Like. I have not watched the USA play once this tournament. Haven't missed much. But before we talk about that, tell the people everett about that volleyball.store. You got the nine by nine squared shirt on. Oh, oh is, yeah, is we're, the, we're in. Is that the crew neck? That's the crew neck. Love it's a little, the crew it's a little neck. chilly here. It's been warm here in uh, in Toronto. I woke up, it was a little chilly this morning, went for a nice little walk, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna throw this on before the show. So if you want to look this good, people were complimenting me out in the streets. Um then again, given some of the dodgy streets I live around, you don't know. You don't know <laughs> if you want that. But to head over to that volleyball.store, use the code Spicy to get fifteen percent off all of our merch. Go check and, it out. Uh, yeah, that nine by nine squared logo is real nice. And then, uh, so before we talk about our favorite segment, uh, great viewership. We appreciate you guys watching. It's been real uh, great, great Olympic qualifier season. Our channel's doing really well lately. Give the video a thumbs up. We need you to give the video a thumbs up. We need you to do that. Right. We need you to subscribe to this channel. We have like a like for everybody that watches this show. Like this is this is what our channel does. And so somehow there's a good percentage of you that aren't subscribed to Volleyball Source. I don't understand that at all. So just do that. It's free. Like why haven't you done that? It doesn't make sense to me. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel and join the Volleyball Source Discord. The links in the description for that best online volleyball chat community in the world. And hands out, we're so close to thirty thousand people, guys. Insane. On, on on volleyball source here, three thousand. So. Oh, oh, thirty thousand subscribers. You mean subscribers? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I yes, thought yes. you meant in the Discord. I'm like, oh my god. No, the Discord. Man. The Discord were around like sixteen hundred, I think. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. And and it is in that Discord that uh, that several amazing memes and inside jokes are born, and none greater 
than Daddy Stankovich. It's time to talk about where's Daddy. So as as in every episode of the Nine by Nine, Daddy Stankovich is hidden somewhere. And if you find Daddy Stankovich and you comment where he is on the timestamp and a timestamp after the YouTube live stream is over, if you comment where he is in the main YouTube comment section, you get a shout out on next week's show if you find Daddy Stankovich. So last uh, on Monday, as we were talking about Olympic qualifiers, uh, I, I when I when I go through and make all these assets and uh, I look at all the, the team's photos of their celebrations and after they win matches. And there was this one from Brazil after they survived a scare from the Czech Republic. And if you can see, like kind of on the left side of the screen there, actually, I'll, I'll put it full screen. You can see it a little bit better. Uh, there is a coach like really lurking in the background, like hiding, just, hiding just over another one of the coach's shoulders. And I'm like that Looking for Delgado's job. Yeah. There. It's like really, really lurking in the background there. I'm like, that looks like a great place to hide Daddy Stankovic. So if you can see really just over the shoulder of one of the Brazilian coaches there, there's Daddy Stankovic. So a couple of people found him right away. Right away, Our friend uh, our friend John Lau found him first. And then this guy, Devon Sales Parno, uh, also found Daddy. So good job, you two. You found Daddy Stankovic. If you find Daddy in this episode, maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he will show up in the second half of the show. Uh, make sure you comment in the main YouTube comment section where Daddy is, uh, and you'll get a shout out on next show, which we'll probably do on Monday after Olympic bids are handed out. So keep an eye out. Love it. I think we need to put "Where's Daddy" on a shirt. I would. I would wear that every day of my life if we had Daddy Stankovic on a shirt. All right, let's talk about Pool B really quickly. There isn't much going on. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, I haven't had to worry that much about this pool. We already talked about the chaos of Japan somehow losing to Egypt on the first two days, but um, everything has gone pretty much as expected. Japan, Serbia, Slovenia, and the United States have all gone 2-0 since then. They have all beaten up on Finland, Tunisia, Egypt, and Turkey, kind of in that order. I mean, Japan hasn't dropped a set. Slovenia uh, dropped maybe one or two. The there are only two matches to talk about even a little bit here. We'll talk about the United States against Turkey because this did get a little bit spicy. Uh, it ended up going 32-30 in the third. The U.S. was up 24-19 and completely blew it on the doorstep. Like We completely fell asleep and allowed Turkey to come all the way back. And honestly, we should have lost this set. There was like a, a miraculous net touch call. Tur Turkey had touched the net and gifted us a point where they would have won the set in overtime, and we ended up getting it done. So, uh, and, and then we 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 did play much much better in the fourth set, fortunately. But uh, there were red cards handed out here. There was like a little bit of a scuffle situation as the teams were changing sides after that third set. David Smith was out there throwing duffel bags because Turkey for some reason was like. What, they weren't bringing their stuff back and forth from bench to bench between sets, which everybody does. So that was a little weird. But uh, it got a little chippy, got a little heated, got a little spicy. I like it. I think volleyball needs more of that. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm also saying that because my team ended up winning the match. So that was good. Um, but yeah, this, this is the only USA game I really have watched. I did stay up super late that night and I watched this. And I was glad I did because it ended up being pretty entertaining. I am a little bit concerned about Matt Anderson. He was not good here. Not good. 8% efficiency, 7 for 25. Little bit worried. Just a little bit worried. I've been worried for Matt Anderson kind of all summer. And he just doesn't, he's just, he's a little bit older, of course. So he just doesn't have the pop that he used to. Um, 
luckily for this U.S. team, he doesn't need to be the guy. Right. Right. He just needs to be a guy, and he needs to play his role. But that that is a little worrisome. Luckily, I think that U.S. has the easiest pool, especially we right do. now, yeah. and it won't really matter. I agree. I don't think it'll matter, but I'm just a little bit worried on the eye test looking at Matt Anderson. I think that like my, my criticism of him for a while, especially in his blocking, which is honestly, it's frankly very bad. He has not been a good blocker, is that he's too conservative. And I think that it kind of plays with the rest of his game right now. Offensively, he's just way too conservative. He is hitting like 80% high hand shots and is just getting slowed down and continued all the time especially on the left where he should be a he should be a killer on the left side in rotation 1 just way too conservative not willing to hit the ball into the court he just wants fingertips he wants to hit high he's hitting balls out of bounds uh he's not hitting the ball as hard as he can even i know he's still got it he's just not he's just looking like he's playing too conservatively for my taste and it is showing up on the stats i mean 7 for 25 as an opposite is way too many continuations for the men's game that is not being terminal enough so i'm a little bit worried about that but um will it come back to bite us in this pool no i don't think so i think we're going to be fine uh the other thing i wanted to do is shout out egypt because even though slovenia has taken care of business so far and they're four and oh i've honestly been impressed by egypt's level they, i mean two, they, for, for two and a half sets i was really really happy with this one yeah sure yeah then obviously they beat japan which is one of the great upsets honestly of all time uh, taking a set from Slovenia and yeah, two and a half sets. I was pretty impressed with their level of ball. So I wanted to just give Egypt a little bit of shine because it is looking right now that they will go to the Olympics. They are better. They're looking better than Tunisia right now as Way far better as than Tunisia. the African yeah. race goes. And they um, have separated now actually a little bit more comfortably in world ranking. Egypt now 18, Tunisia 20. And they sell, and they have to play each other. Yes, they will. Too. So that will if if Egypt can get the dub. I honestly I kinda like this Egypt team. It's Me a very too. different it's a very different Egyptian team than the ones we've seen over, over the past decade. Um with just like the the same group of guys. So love to see it. So love yeah, it. this this is the only pool that has really shaken out like we expected, where uh the USA and Slovenia well, well the only thing that was a stunner is Japan losing to Egypt, but those t- there's a pretty clear divide in this pool between the top four and the bottom four. And sure enough, the top four will all play each other this weekend. So uh, the USA and Slovenia are in control. Uh, if J- if Japan wants a chance in this pool, they're going to have to run the table. They're going to have to beat Serbia, Slovenia, and the United States. But Japan has a safety net of a high world ranking and being by far the best team in Asia. So they really have no pressure. This is Slovenia's moment. This is Slovenia's opportunity to finally go to the Olympics with this group. And and with the way that, that Japan has been playing too, like Slovenia can sense it. And I mean they did they did lose to to Japan in the quarterfinals of the VNL earlier this year, but I think like Slovenia is is in a really 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 good spot. Oh yeah. Is 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 in a really really good spot um to be to be able to move forward. Obviously they need the US to run the table. They need them to beat Japan too, but this one, like, I don't really see Serbia 
being a factor, I don't really see like it's it's really just between USA, Slo- Slovenia, and Japan. Like Serbia, to me, is has been lucky they haven't lost more matches. In my I opinion. agree. I agree. Yeah, Serbia did lose to Turkey, but nothing else. Yeah, I, I don't see it for Serbia. I think their world ranking is going to continue to drop. So USA, Slovenia is. I guess it's like late tonight, like three a.m. Eastern tonight. And then uh, Japan, Serbia also, like I guess it's tomorrow, super early morning. So uh, maybe I'll push it and try and stay awake and watch some of USA Slovenia tonight. Uh, that, that'll be a good one. And then uh, USA Serbia, <laughs> J- Ser- then it's USA Serbia, Slovenia, Japan on Saturday. And then Japan, USA, Slovenia, Serbia on Sunday. So that's the situation in Pool B. Um, not nothing super crazy. Boo, boring. <laughs> More boring. I, I, like boring. I, as an American fan, I love boring. Boring's crazy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, once again, USA is one of those teams that, like, you're going to qualify regardless. That's yeah. not an issue. But yeah, we're we're going to be just fine. You'll be you'll you you should be just fine. You no, know, it's one. not then, boring, bro. My my like, I am not going to be okay until Sunday. <laughs> until I know what happens because Canada plays Belgium on Sunday. And I think there's, there's a few different things. First of all, I don't think it's out of the question that Argentina beats Poland. I agree. And just throws a wrench into all of this. Right. And then you've got, you've got the triangle situation happening, right? Belgium's really good. Right. So I, I think for us, um, we took care of business against China. That's fine. I mean, they get three donged all the time. They should be used to it. I remember back in the days when Chinese fans were in our stats or in our chat, uh, being like, oh, China's going to beat Canada at the World Championships. No, 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 no. Go back to grade school, okay? <laughs> like, you're not even in the VNL anymore. You're not relevant. You're like, you're, you're, you're nowhere. Just go home, okay? Go play against Denmark. You'll probably get three donged by them, too. Um, <laughs> But I, I am I am nervous, right? We are in a spot that, let's be honest, no one expected us to be in. That when having having gotten a point over Poland is is absolutely massive. Huge. Uh, huge. The the only loss being, especially since, you know, we we've won two five setters. No. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, you beat the Netherlands in five, lost to Poland in five, beat Argentina yes. in four. Beat Argentina in four. Yeah, okay. Which was similarly massive. Like that. Ex- exactly. So <sighs> But when I when I look at it, like first of all, Bulgaria is out here getting wins, and you still have Svetsan. You have one of the oldest players of the like one of the greatest players of the older generation, and two up and coming players who are going to be fantastic. So the Bulgaria is is, is going to be a tough uh, is going to be a tough ask. Um, and then Mexico is Mexico. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I'm 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 mad at Mexico right Me now. Me too. I'm disappointed. I'm that. mad that they didn't bring this team to Norseikas because this team looks soft. They look unprepared. They're not here ready to fight. They're not here ready to go. We saw a fun aspect team at the Mexican team at the World Championships last year. Yeah. Why? They brought that team to the World to the Pan Am Cup first. That team was locked and loaded, ready to go. This team, man, brought a spoon to a uh, to a gunfight. It got, has just it has just been bad for yeah. Mexico, Mexico got three donged by China. I mean, come on. There, I I was hope I was really hoping that they would be better than that. So like yeah. that'll be a win for Canada. But yeah, Bulgaria and Belgium. Belgium, Belgium is the last one that scares the shit out of me. Now, Fair enough. What I'm really hoping because Belgium is going to be on that last day. I'm really hoping that something happens on the upset side of things. Like Belgium loses a match in there that that they that they maybe shouldn't like who do they have left like 
The, I mean that you're you're all in that that bottom group of the four seeds. It's Canada, Belgium, Bulgaria, Mexico will all play each other. Still. So I want Bulgaria to beat Belgium, yeah, and I would, want the Netherlands help. to beat Argentina. That would help. And yeah. if those things happen, then we'd be good to go. Yeah, that the those things would help. But what what Canada really needs is for Poland to run the table. Uh, yes, po- Poland needs to go seven and zero. Poland cannot lose to Argentina; otherwise, it gets really complicated. But it, the fact of the matter is that Canada right now controls its destiny. If Canada goes three and zero and gets nine points, they're in. That, that that that's it. There's nothing else that can happen. If Canada gets if Canada gets nine points, they're going to the Olympics, and it's it's possible. No, not even nine points. Canada can get Canada can get six points and still go to the Olympics. Because it's wins first. It is. It is wins first. Yeah. If if you win, if you win three games, you go. You're going to the Olympics. So, but I mean, we I, we got to talk about Belgium because Belgium, out of absolutely nowhere, beating their really bitter rivals in the Netherlands in a three dong was another absolute stunner. I, what was the world ranking shift on that? It must must have been. It was 12 points. It's been pretty dramatic. Yeah, 12. Unbelievable. 12.6. Ridiculous. Um, This wasn't even a very good Ferry Ragers game. This was the Sam Derue game. 21 points. 15 for 28 with four blocks and two aces. What a a clinic. And then Namir on the other side, very bad. 12 for 25, 16%, only 14 points and a, a bunch of, and just not good enough from the service line. Like, where did this Belgium come from? They were awful at Eurovolley. You know where they are? This is, this is the bench warmers team. Because you've got guys who have the first name D, De Hulsen, De Heer, who <laughs> have play, traditionally played on very good club teams and just sat on the bench. Um, Farrah Riegers, as you said, is the truth. So and good. we got to see him a little bit this year in Champions League and in the CEV Cup. I wonder where uh, he's then, going to play club this year. And then Sam Derue, you look that up as I keep talking. I uh, Sam And Sam Derue has been a stud for a long time, right? This kid's been a stud since like 2013 when uh, when I saw Belgium play uh, against Canada for, for the first time. So, yeah, like I, I think that uh, this team is, uh, is, is really good. Are they overextending themselves a little bit? Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, do they have a chance to qualify for the Olympics? No. No. They they they, they can't do it in this pool and they no, can't they and they right. and they can't do it in world ranking. They they're at 17th. They they just have too much ground to make up. But the fact that they're playing good volleyball is good for them. Uh, Ferry Rager is, by the way going to Milano this year to be a backup, which is kind of crazy. They they have three opposites. They have Kaziski, Zierlich, and Ragers. That's kind of weird. But um anyway, Belgium has looked good. Does Belgium have the motivation to to play and beat Canada on day seven? I, I would say maybe not. Canada will have that, way more to play for at that point. That will be not only the motivation, but the gas in the tank. That too. Right? This this is a two-headed monster, right? Like you've you've got two guys here who are really running the show for you, who are really leading the way. So I do like this I, Sepe Roti guy, their other outside hitter. He's yeah. been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, from the, the the I haven't sat down and watched a Belgium game yet. I've watched some highlights. I've I've scrubbed through some matches, kind of stuff. Um, I watched this one. I watched this one when when they beat the Netherlands. Just like like oh yeah, Belgium versus the Netherlands. Like that's a fun rivalry game. I assumed the Netherlands was going to figure it out and win. And boy, was I wrong. You're wrong, Rob. I was wrong. But Belgium, no, but Belgium, Belgium can qualify. They have eight points. They're tied with Argentina. Like in, in the pool, you mean? Yeah. 
but they, they already have two losses. I, I, I don't think two losses is going to do it. I think you either need, need it, to it go seven or six and one. It could, though. If Belgium runs the table, Canada will have two losses. And if Poland Argent, uh, runs the table, Argentina will have two losses. But Belgium's not out. Belgium is 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 still in this. And that's why yeah. this. That's why that last match, as I as I said, that last match is so crucial. So would, so so crucial. They would need an absolute miracle on points and tiebreaker. Yeah, they would have to run the table. They'd have to get nine points, and they would have to get a lot of help. Kind of like the situation the Canadian women were in. They needed a lot of help, and they didn't get it. That that's that's what Belgium's situation is here. It's, it's still it's still up there though. I I guess it's mathematically possible. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I think that um, this is. I think that Canada can they has can they all, can all they the three dong Bulgaria. Yes, that's what they would need to do. Oh, no, so they play Bulgaria, China, Mexico. No, they play Bulgaria, Mexico, Canada. Okay, so they can get they if they can get Belgium's in this, bro. Uh, I don't know why I'm fighting for this more than you are. I have way more on the line for this than than you do. Um, I think. It could be a very spicy match. It, it could absolutely be a spicy match. Like, what happens if the Netherlands turn around, turns around and beats Argentina? Argent, you know, like that would be good because then you wouldn't have to worry about Argentina. Yeah, but then we would have to worry about the the Belgium. That last match would be even more important. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we also have to talk about quickly this. Uh, every we talked about it earlier. Canada losing to Poland in five. I mean, that's a good performance. Obviously, taking a point from the number one team in the world. But like you said, you had chances to win this match. We did. We did. Um, yeah, we we had chances to win this one. It was a good match all around. But there was times in that fifth set that that could have gone gone to get it. Um, honestly, I don't want to think about that too, too much. Um, Fair enough. Just, be, just because it is against the number one team, like if it, it's too much of too much of a what if scenario. Um, Eric Lepke was unbelievable, by the way. Eric, Eric Lepke was was unreal. Really, just putting himself. I mean, Stephen Marr is is unreal on the regular, um, and we know that. But uh, but yeah, like I, I, it was a fantastic match. Am I super happy that I woke up at like four thirty in the morning to watch it? I, actually, yes. Really? <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, it was. I it was it was back and forth. It was entertaining. The guys played good. Uh, it, it was fun to watch. Just for the record, I'm not out here for a match like this in this type of tournament. I'm not out here, um, uh, setting an alarm for a 4 a.m. game. I just put it into the ethos. I just put it into the universe, and I'm like, hey, you know what, body? If you decide to wake up in that time frame, you know, go to the bathroom, go have a water, stretch your legs. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna wake up. I'm yeah. gonna go and I'm gonna and enjoy the match. Um, now, was the rest of Tuesday an absolute write off for me because I had hadn't barely slept and then stuff? Yes, hundred percent. Played Civilization Six all day. It was fantastic. I had a, I had a tough day too because I stayed up super duper late that night to watch this and to watch the USA Turkey game. And uh, yeah, we was, we basically we basically day. took ships that night. Yeah, you stayed much. up and then I woke up and 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 continued watching. Then I watched. Who did I watch? After so that? like 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 people are saying in the chat, uh, Poland is now on a twenty-one match win streak, which is incredible. That is that is that is downright amazing. So That's good dangerous. for them. Good for them. Also a correction. Good point in the chat. Canada versus Belgium is the second to last match. That's the Saturday game, not the Sunday game. So maybe maybe that'll matter as well. Um, Canada Canada Mexico is the Sunday game, which is actually better. It's better for Canada. 
Yeah. Who does? So uh, okay, Belgium yeah. Bulgaria is is the last game. Okay. Uh, another match that we Bulgarian fan for that one. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of being a big Bulgarian fan, this is the biggest world ranking point upset of the tournament. Thirteen points for Bulgaria, three donging the Netherlands in very dramatic fashion in the in the third set. Simeon Nikolov, sixteen years old, comes off the bench to set. Down 23-24, he rips an ace to force overtime. And then in overtime at 27-27, one-on-one brick houses Wouter Termat in one of the gnarliest blocks I've seen all year. The kid is 16. And can you can you imagine what it's like for him at 16, called up to the senior team, playing with his brother, and getting to set a legend like Svetan Sokolov, who he probably grew up idolizing? Like that, you can't oh, write a sure better, can't write a better story than that. It's 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 unbelievable. And Bulgaria, I mean, they've had a rough summer. They've had a rough two summers. Like Bulgaria has dropped all the way down past the twenties in world ranking. But for thirteen points, they jump all the way. They they jumped up three spots from this one win alone. And the Netherlands are spiraling out of control. Spiraling. I mean, we've we've already chatted about them, but man, do the Nikolov brothers not look alike? Eh? Holy oh, they they. <laughs> They are almost identical, hundred percent. But you know what? When you're when, you, when you're Bulgaria in this tournament, there's no pressure. No, absolutely. There's, there's, no, there's no pressure. And I've always found too that I feel like I feel like the Eastern European teams, like the Serbias and the Bulgarias, and maybe even the Polands, just tend to put themselves uh, have a little bit more pressure on themselves. Sometimes I think that's just their their ethos and their attitude. But right now, Bulgaria playing with house money. They're rolling. Good they're, for them. They're a- absolutely rolling. So good for them. Good for them. I agree. Yeah, we are. I mean, we've already documented the Netherlands. They, they're spiraling out, uh, spiraling out of control. It's very bad. You cannot be out here getting three dong by Bulgaria with a 16-year-old center. Like, that, that, just, that just cannot happen. Their, their offense was just not good enough. Putting Wouter Termat in on the left side is not going to be the band-aid to rescue a game that you think it is. I don't know what's happening there. Another good, another game that ended up being really good was Argentina, just insisting on going to five. I don't know what they're doing here. It's actually kind of bad. It's kind of bad for Canada, honestly. They go Argentina. Why? Argentina goes up two because it gave Belgium a point. Argent, Argentina goes up two zero and then falls asleep at the wheel and allows Belgium back into it. It goes all the way to five and uh, uh, goes the distance. This, this was this was. This was basically a track meet, like or a shootout, like you know, in football when the both teams score forty and it's just offense, offense, offense. Listen, yeah, look, look at these team efficiencies: forty-three percent efficiency for Argentina, forty-four percent efficiency for Belgium. Not a single bit of defense being played on either side. Just, just out here banging balls. I'm sure it was fun to watch at like five in the morning. Yeah, I did not watch this one. Me neither. But so, uh, good, honestly, like good on good on Argentina. I still think that they're dangerous. I still think that they can beat Poland. Like this this pool C I think can get even crazier. Because I think I really think that the Netherlands are going to pop off and win a match that they shouldn't. They might. They and then maybe maybe it's against Argentina. I mean, the, the Netherlands, so. Argentina, China and Poland are all going to play each other and all three of those teams are obviously going to beat up on China. Uh got to shout out Ferry Ragers in this one. I mean, come on. 27 points, 24 for 39, 51% efficiency. The kid is 20. It's going to be so good. Really, really like him a lot. Really like him. 
and credit to Dan. Dan Manili has been on Ferry Ragers for years. He's he's uh, known about people this have been team. asking. Dan Dan has been coming up in the chat today. It's, well, it's a damn it's it's a damn and Neely type of day. We miss Dan. Dan is uh, working for Maple Leaf Sport and Entertainment in Toronto. Good for him. Yeah, he's specifically working for the Raptors. He's working in the yeah in the NBA. So uh, last thing, last match I want to talk about ever. We already talked about. I mean, Canada three dong China, no problem. However, keep it Ar- Arthur Schwartz got benched here, and Nick Hogue came in at opposite quote unquote, and Canada kind of ran a three outside thing. What do you think of that? Uh, it's happened before. It's not the first time that we've had Hogue on the right side. Um, I don't like it because I would rather see Jordan Canham in there. I agree. Just in terms of long-term uh, longevity, um, get him in there against China. Get him to to. to I mean, he's played inter like he's played internationally before. We saw him at West in West Virginia. We saw him, um, uh, in in uh, the Pan Am Cup and stuff like that. Um, he's going to play for Arcus. He's going to play underneath, you know, Gregor Grozier. I would want to see him out there, but hey, if you want to get Nick Hogue some playing time, get him out there, make because like we're probably going to need Nick Hogue at some point in the next three days, right? Probably. Yep. And we, he, we've barely seen him. Let's let's get let's get seen him coming in. Seen him coming in miss float serves, which is yes for sure unacceptable. Um, just to piss off Rob St. Clair, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm I'm not too mad about that. Also, let's give Arthur uh, a couple of days off. Love it. Hundred percent. I want to see Canham start against Mexico. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I want to see Cam. I want to see Walsh. I want to see um, Hofer. Hofer. Yeah, I was trying to think of think of his name. Yes, Hofer. Uh, I, I want to see. I want to see the bench. I like. Let's just bring out the bench against Mexico. Uh, so, especially, especially if we have to play Belgium the next day, and that is the do or die game. Uh, absolutely bench against oh, other, way, oh, other right. way around yeah belgium is saturday mexico is sunday so that, that probably we won't see that because canada will probably need to play the starters and really make make very very sure that they beat mexico so we'll see what happens uh true so yeah poland argentina and the netherlands will all get to beat up on china these next couple days Netherlands versus Argentina is going to be a big one head-to-head, and then Argentina versus Poland is going to be a big one head-to-head. I have a lot of faith in Poland. I think that Poland's going to go seven and zero here because we haven't even really we haven't seen Leon at all. We haven't re- we they we haven't seen Schliefka at all. They have been get, which is because Poland is so unbelievably deep. They're able to start Bednor's four now and play the bench. yeah, quote unquote, play the bench. Who would start on literally any other national team in the world? Also, uh, Huber and Kochanowski have been. At unstoppable attacking in the middle. So uh, I like Poland's chances. I, I, I think they look great. They're probably going to go 7-0 and here. But like we said, Canada plays Bulgaria Friday, Belgium Saturday, Mexico Sunday. Those three games for a chance for the Maple Volleys to go back to the Olympics. That, that, I mean, that's it. That's, that's the path. I'm just nervous, Rob St. Clair. I'm, I'm really nervous. I, know. <laughs> I, really, I, I really, really am. It's... Um... You would have thought that beating teams like Argentina and the Netherlands and almost beating Poland would have made this easier. No. Hell, if we had lost this team this, at this point, I'd just be like, yeah, whatever. We're done. We're out. But we're, we have a shot. And that makes me nervous. Good shot. Very good, good shot. shot. And it's, it's tough. So, yeah. All right. I think that's a show. I think that's a show. I think that's a show. That's uh, that's that's our update. That's so much to talk about with just two days of matches. This has been an all-time, all-time tournament. All-time ridiculous tournament. 
Love so it. we'll be back on either Monday or Tuesday to break down who ends up getting these last Olympic bids. You all know how it works by now. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the matches. They're all on Volleyball World TV. You know where to find them. You know to join the Volleyball Source Discord to talk about them with everybody. There's basically matches going on 24-7. And uh, it's going to be a crazy three days. So uh, strap in. Get ready to watch a lot of volleyball. And we'll be back on the 9 by 9 very soon once we hand out six bids to Paris. Love it. I cannot wait. All right, guys, make sure, as Rob said, join Discord. Go to volleyball, that volleyball store. Um, if you have any questions and you want us to talk about anything, let us, let us know on the Discord. And uh, put, put them in the comments. Put them in the comments. Tell us where's uh, Daddy. Along with oh, your comments Andrew. of where Daddy Stankovic is. Yeah, let us know what you think in the comments of the video. Yeah. All right. Peace, homies. Thanks, people.